Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. Uh, a few weeks ago on the podcast, during a conversation with uh, Lavelle Law Attorney Heather Glazer, we covered some of the new laws being introduced in Illinois for 2018. Uh, today we're going to delve more deeply into one of those laws that she mentioned, uh, particularly in the realm of family law, with the assistance of Heather's colleague at Lavelle Law, Attorney Colleen Hurley. Welcome back to Chicago's Legal Law to everyone. This is Jim Mitchell, and Colleen and I are going to be discussing a, a new law which now allows for the custody of pets to be considered during divorce proceedings. Uh, now, that may sound unusual to some, uh, but to pet owners, I think it's crystal clear. It's a very important concept and helps address uh, a concern in their lives. So a lot to cover today for sure. Let me begin by saying hello to Colleen Hurley. I'm glad to have her back on the podcast. Hi, Colleen. How are you today? Hi, Jim. Doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, this is great. And I'm looking forward to it. And I'm, I, you know, it's funny. Yesterday, as we record this, yesterday was Valentine's Day, and I read an article that said Americans would spend $600 million on Valentine's Day gifts for pets. Um, in your family law practice, Colleen, have you seen this avocation for pets become an issue in, in past cases? Well, it- I don't know if I've dealt with a client that has necessarily spent that much money on a Valentine's Day <laughs> gift for a pet, but what I can tell you is I've had a lot of clients that um, hold their pets very, very dear, see them as children or members of their family. Um, so to that end, I, there are a lot of clients out there that really want the best interests of their animals to be considered. And prior to this new law, that wasn't really something that a court was willing to entertain. Um, Now with this new law in place regarding um, allocation of ownership uh, when it comes to companion animals, um, parties sort of have a way to make sure that their pet is being considered along with everything else that goes into a divorce proceeding. So let's let's talk about something you mentioned there because the, the law took effect January 1st. So prior to that, was there simply just you know nothing in this area? Was there a new old law that's being replaced? I mean, what what was the status prior to January one? Sure. So this is really just a brand new law. Um, prior to January one, there wasn't really anything in place regarding decision making um, by courts regarding companion animals in a marriage um, and in a divorce proceeding. Uh, essentially, they would just be treated like personal property. So essentially, just the same way a couple would decide who should take an end table or a couch. Uh, the consideration would be the same for a pet, and courts really wouldn't go beyond that. Um, so this new law really kind of addresses the fact that pets are more than objects, um, more than merely personal property, but living, breathing things that these people really care about. And you've already mentioned the term companion animal or companion pet a couple of times. What, 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 is, what does that mean? What is that define? Sure. So the term companion animal is the one that's uh, specifically set forth in this new law. Um, Essentially what that means is 
and for our purposes, is an animal that was acquired during the course of the marriage. Um, so and to that end, it's a companion animal that is marital property. Uh, but we say companion animal because we want to make it clear that we don't mean a service animal. Um, essentially, what courts do not want to do is delve into the facts and make a different decision when it comes to um, any service animal. Um, but if we're talking mm-hmm. about companion animal, meaning just you know a run-of-the-mill pet that lives in a household and isn't um, helping a party with a specific task, um, that, that, that's really what we mean here. Okay. And, and talk to me about the specifics of the law itself. What, what exactly is this law establishing and, and how does it uh, help or at least uh, you know, play a role in, in these divorce proceedings? Sure. So specifically, this is Section 503N of the Illinois Marriage and Dissolution of Marriage Act. Um, As we discussed, a brand new law. But essentially what it says is if the court finds a companion animal of the parties as a marital asset, and by that what we mean is an animal that was purchased during the course of the marriage, not before, because then it would be a non-marital asset, uh, the court has the ability to allocate sole or joint ownership and responsibility of a companion animal to the parties. So essentially what that means is either party in a divorce proceeding can petition the court for sole or joint ownership, whatever that party finds is appropriate. Um, And and again, the the court will take into consideration the well-being of the companion animal. Um, So not only the wishes of the parties, but if they're not in agreement as to what is the best interest of their pet, the, the court will do a finding of fact to determine what's the best allocation of ownership. And um, did I hear that correctly then? Is it it possible that there might be, for lack of a better term, joint or shared custody where the pet might actually go from home to home on some regular schedule? Uh, While this is a new law and we're still seeing it be put into place, essentially that's what we could be looking at is either one person um, in a divorce proceeding is granted ownership of an animal or both of them are. Um, So that that could look like just what you mentioned. It could look like a schedule uh, going back and forth of sharing of a companion animal. And, you know, this this question probably doesn't pertain as much to the law as to the process. Uh, We've talked in the past, and whenever there's a divorce, there's, there's a lot of concerns, financial and, and social and, uh, you know, the basic division of property, of course, many emotional issues. Uh, is it that last area, the emotional trauma created by divorce that sometimes you perhaps might think is, is creating this desire to maintain that relationship with an animal and to, to hold some, some part of that past relationship together? Is that where this might be coming from in, in terms of how people feel about their animals? Oh, absolutely. Um, I I think that that is often a very big component uh, when it comes to, you know, fighting over an animal within a divorce. Um, And that's not to minimize how people feel about their pets. I I think we could safely presume that most pet owners love their pets, care about their pets, want to have an ongoing relationship with their pets and see their pets. Um, But just because we have this new law in place that allows for joint ownership of a pet within a divorce, it's not always the best Um, way to go for a couple. Um, Typically what a divorce tries to do is just sever the bonds of matrimony, um, and that includes financial, emotional, and um, having joint ownership of a pet means that there's still an ongoing relationship. There's still something holding these two people together, and, you know, that's not a good fit for everyone, but for some people it could be really workable. And part of a divorce is determination of financial support of one party, Um, 
uh, particularly where children are involved, but but even without children, there there may be some settlement um, in which one party is is providing support, financial support for the other after the divorce. Uh, and this is a new law, so I know you, you haven't really been able to enact it yet or deal with it, but would the cost of caring for a pet also be considered in this process then, something that someone might be responsible for? Um, that That is absolutely something that the court could determine, uh, especially if we're talking about um, allocation of ownership of a pet, because that includes lots of expenses that have to do with taking care uh-huh. of a pet. We're, we're talking food, vet bowls, um, you know, daycare if needed, dog walkers, et cetera. These are real expenses that add up, and it may be that the court not only has to decide um, ownership, whether that's going to be sole or joint, but also decide how the expenses are to be paid um, after this divorce. So while this is a new law and we're still really seeing what it's going to look like um, in actuality in the courts, it is entirely possible that we could be dealing with um, some sort of uh, award of fees when it comes to caretaking of a pet. Uh, Attorney Colleen Hurley of Lavelle Law is with us this morning as we discuss a new law in Illinois dealing with pets and divorce. Uh, Colleen is a a key contributor at the, um, I think, highly regarded family law practice group at Lavelle Law. Uh, And there are a great many resources available you can find online at lavellelaw.com. And also there are the means to contact Colleen directly. Um, I I know that uh, she's been a part of these podcasts in the past and um, her time and input is very valuable, and if you'd like to speak with her directly, you can get all the information at lavellelaw.com. Um, Colleen, I I know, well, I shouldn't say I know, I assume that uh, judges and, and courts aren't really equipped to determine what is in the best interest of a pet. Um, do you anticipate as you get into this that the judges are going to look to you and the other attorneys to say, look, sort this out, I don't, I don't want to have to deal with it? Um, I would say absolutely. Um, At least in family law courtrooms, judges really like to see when parties can come together um, and come to a global settlement agreement uh, for their divorce proceeding instead of just letting everything and anything be decided by the judge. Um, And I think that not only is in an effort to preserve judicial resources, um, but also that these are really highly personal cases that affect these people's personal lives moving forward. So often the party is better than anyone, better than any judge or attorney um, knows what they can live with moving forward and what makes sense for them given their working relationship. Um, So just like anything else, I I think courts would much prefer that parties come to court and say, we already know what we want to do in terms of this pet and we don't need you to tell us what to do. Um, but that, that's not always practicable. Uh, there are parties that you know can't agree on anything, and that includes what's going to happen to a pet. Uh, so with that, then the court now has the authority um, and the law backing it to make decisions for this pet. So let's take a look at your role then, uh, assuming that uh, the court looks to you and says, you know, help work this out. Now as an attorney, this is another piece of the puzzle you need to work on. How do you plan to be able to, you know, take things into consideration as you work with your clients to help solve this kind of an issue? Well, at at the end of the day, as an attorney, all I can really do is advise my clients as to what they're entitled to seek, um, you know, advise them as to the law. But really, they're in the driver's seat, so they tell me what it is that matters to them, what doesn't necessarily matter to them, and we try to come to a good resolution. This would just be like anything else. Um, If a party doesn't know what they want to have happen with the pet, 
I could certainly walk them through it, talk about some options and scenarios that might make sense uh, for an ultimate decision um, by the court. But at the end of the day, it, it's really, it's such a personal decision. Um, only the client I'm working with can tell me what they would like to see happen, and then I advocate for that, um, obviously just guiding them along the way. And, and does this open the door now for a, a new industry to open in which there are people out there who are sort of the experts on pet care and, and would be go-to resources to say, like, how do, you, how do I know what's best for a pet and how do you help me solve this in this particular case? I have to say I would not be surprised if that's the case. I, I think that this new law could certainly open the door to that. Um, while it's a new law and we're still kind of seeing how everything's going to shake out and how it's going to look, um, and those real contested matters where we really can't come to any sort of agreement as to what should happen with a pet and we need to go to a hearing on the issue um, and evidence needs to be presented, it's entirely possible that we're going to be looking to independent experts, for example, um, to uh, advise the court as to what the best interest of an animal might look like. And, and one of the things I've learned from, from talking to many of the folks at LaBelle Law over the years, whenever we try and look at these new laws, it, it seems, and I think you alluded to it earlier, the legislature will create a law, but now it's up to the courts to implement and enact it. And, you know, how it's written and how it's uh, put into practice can, can vary. Is it your experience now that if something new is put out there, it, it takes time to figure out how it's really going to work and whether or not it's written comprehensively enough to be effective? Oh, absolutely. Um, it, just as with any new law, uh, it's one thing to read it within the statute itself, but it's another thing to see how each individual judge uh, handles this issue and you know what they like to see when it comes to deciding this type of issue. Um, so we, we still have yet to see how it's really going to look in action, um, not only in court in general, but before specific judges as well. Um, every judge is a little bit different. Um, so we're, we're still kind of waiting to see what this might look like. So we can move forward with confidence on this issue. Well, absolutely a fascinating conversation today um, with uh, Colleen Hurley of Lavelle Law. Um, we, as always, run out of time, but I know there's probably many more questions you have. So, again, let me point you over to lavellelaw.com. Um, Colleen, very experienced uh, family law attorney, and you can learn more about her work by seeing her profile at that website. And Anytime you need something at Lavelle Law, 847-705-7555. You can always arrange for an initial consultation on, on divorce or any other family law matter um, with or without pets. Uh, plenty of opportunity to talk to folks there. So um, definitely uh, avail yourself the opportunity to download past podcasts as well at LavelleLaw.com or on Blog Talk Radio, and you can also get them off of iTunes. Look forward to having Colleen join us again in the future, and, of course, having all of you listen as well. Thanks so much for being here today. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.